0: Welcome to Permission to Win, a podcast asking life's most fundamental questions, like what is permission, who needs my permission, and why are we talking about permission anyway? In each episode, your co-hosts explore different ways to say it's okay, discussing all the different permissions we need in our lives to do or not do the things that we do. Now, in case you think you need it, here's your permission to join David and Kim.
1: Welcome back, Kim.
2: Thanks, David.
0: Glad to be here.
1: (laughs) I'm glad you are here. We are proceeding. This is episode 10 for those of you who are keeping count and have followed along. And we are grateful. We've had a number of views and a number of listens. And I guess people are apparently watching their phones because... We don't have viewers because we're not on screen.
2: And we hit double digits.
1: Which we did. Let's. I'm going to start from the beginning and we're going to go again. I've already failed.
2: <laughs> Yay! <laughs> if you already failed, that means we can move on and learn. <laughs> That's right.
1: Well, okay. So let's just let's proceed on then. So we're failing. Do we, Kim, do we want to fail? Do I want to fail? Have I failed? Yes. Let's start there. Yes, I have failed. Is that okay?
2: So I've got something spicy to add right out of the gate, David, as usual.
1: Well, I mean, you're welcome to fail in any way that you want.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) I think when you're talking about failing, the only way we can fail is if we quit.
1: Well, see, you went, you jumped right to the end. There was no, there's no, uh, okay. Now I don't want have anything to talk about. Thanks everybody.
0: Thanks for spending time with David and Kim. <laughs> now
2: it's your turn. important to like recognize that right out of the gate. Cause when you use that word, we self inflict punishment for using that word because, Oh, I failed at this or I ethically failed at that.
1: I think failure is perspective.
2: Hmm. Tell
1: me more. Failure, you know, you look up all these failure quotes and you you're think of people like Edison and the light bulb. His quote was, I now know 10,000 ways to not make a light bulb. That was his effort. He put in a lot of effort to get to a certain place and he could he could have given up at 9,999 and we would be in the dark. Because nobody else was going to do it. He was probably the only one who was ever going to make a light bulb. Or maybe, maybe somebody else was doing it. Too. I don't know. But <laughs> sometimes we give up on the second or third try or the first try or what's worse. And you have helped me recognize this for myself. What's worse is giving up and failing before you effort, before you try.
2: And that is a sad place whenever we let fear stop us, when we let that. You know, being afraid of not succeeding right out of the gate. And honestly, success for me, when I think about that, is you trying. It's the effort that's actually the success. The outcome will come if you keep efforting.
1: So we we run into a situation where we have to limit the amount of embarrassment that we feel. Over a failure, we run into, and we could change this whole episode into fear and talk about fear of failure, but it takes, it takes effort. It takes, how do we redirect that fear and that embarrassment into success?
2: I have a little trick I do with my own self Mm -hmm. and that is whatever I'm afraid of, I go to the very end of that. So if I'm walking upstairs and I'm afraid I'm going to fall, I go ahead and and count the consequences of it. If I fall down in front of this hundred people, you know, what's going to happen? Well, I am going to be embarrassed, but the other side of that is I'm just going to get up and keep going because you you don't just sink into the stairs or sink underneath the stairs. So there is this part of you know, the permission you have to give yourself to be okay with falling down or tripping. You have to give yourself permission to do those things. And sometimes you, you avoiding the thought of it can keep you from like doing the effort of it. Now I'm stuck on your efforting word because I think that that's the thing is fear will keep you from the effort, but if you'll If you'll go ahead and think that through, what's the worst that can happen? We all have a 100% survival rate at this point. If you're hearing our voice, you've survived whatever it is. So maybe it wasn't comfortable. Maybe it wasn't pretty. Sometimes I can tell you about lots of times where I've bumped my head or, you know, tripped over my own self. But I feel like that's what has made me more adventurous and more Probably dangerous to everybody around me because I don't let fear stop me.
1: So, you and I grew up around the same time frame. And so, I guarantee that if I say couple skate, you know exactly what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> Hold, please. I need to go find my husband.
1: <laughs> so, getting out on that roller rink for the first time as a youngster or a teen or tween or whatever, that that has a lot of potential for embarrassment and a lot of potential for failure. If you're on roller skates and you've never been on roller skates before, uh, your tailbone is in dire. (laughs) It's about, it's about to be in pain, but, but if you don't go out there and do it and look dumb in front of everybody else that looks dumb, doing it for the first time with you, then you're never going to be able to go enjoy it and enjoy that couple skate.
2: So can I go there with that? The fear of doing a couple skate because you've got all the awkwardness going on all at the same time. You're not sure.
1: So that, yeah, that's a whole nother (laughs) level of fear and failure, but yeah, I was just thinking of the, the skating thereof. You're talking about the awkwardness of bringing that second person into All the question marks that go with that. Okay, let's go there.
2: Well, I just think that that's that's an example of going to the extreme. If your fear is driving you, go to the extreme, think about what it is, get over it, and then come back and just do it because it can stop you. You know, avoiding what could happen can keep you from doing the fun things. I I can't tell you how many I busted my tailbone, like how many times I did that, (laughs) but how fun I would have missed out on so much fun had I not continued on. And I want to share a quick story about my, my boy, my youngest son. When they were little, we, we went ice skating. This is a little bit different than roller skating, but I was trying to get their shoot, their skates on. They were like three and five at the time. And I was getting their skates on them and I was gonna put my skates on last. Well, my three-year-old who wasn't afraid of much, he took off out across the ice on those skates. Would you like to know how many times he he fell down or he had trouble? I would. Who knows? Because he he took off across there running, and I was trying to get my skates on so I could go, like, rescue. Let's just be honest. I was going to go rescue him, and he didn't need rescue, and I was the one busting my tail. But because he didn't let fear stop him from falling down, he skated. He had an an amazing, like, two hours that he never stopped. And by the time we were done, I needed a nap. Like... (laughs) (laughs)
1: well you bring up a really good point not to not to deflect i want to come back to your story but as a Mm three-year-old as we grow from childhood whatever we see is normal and that's a that's an odd thing because that could be horrible and that could be great (laughs) you know so whatever you grow up with that that becomes your pseudo normal uh you learn better as an adult hopefully that the bad stuff is not the right stuff but either way he was sitting there with you you put on these crazy silver knives on his feet (laughs) yes but he is out there watching everybody else just doing it Mm -hmm. so he assumes that it that's just what you do whereas we as adults and grown-ups and people who have failed before recognize the potential to fall and fail and hurt and pain and ouch and embarrassment and all these things that we pile on to what we're getting ready to try. And so from there he didn't he didn't have all those previous experiences, or his little three year old brain couldn't connect A to B and B to D and L to 12, but he he went ahead and just did it.
2: And it was a great lesson for his mama, just so you know, nice. because that was, I mean, I just feel like that's a great example from your roller skating to the ice skating, both. Those are great examples of things that we have let fear or fear of pain or, you know, whatever it is, keep us from doing something we really want to do.
1: He learned from the success of others that, that it could be done. And that he really didn't have anything to worry about. Number one, his mama was there and she strapped these things onto him. And number two, everybody else around him seemed to be doing a thing and it looked fun and all that. So it's nice to be able to watch others and see okay, well, if I stick my leg way out while I'm roller skating, it's very likely I'm going to fall. But if I keep my feet firmly planted between me or like I remember learning, there was the back rail along the back side of the rink <laughs> where you just you just hold and you you work your way down and you just hold the rail, hold the rail, hold the rail uh, until until you didn't need the rail anymore. But you you learn from others, okay? You start here, you learn on that, you go to the quote unquote the bunny slope if you're going skiing or you do a thing, <laughs> and you 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 ease into it. Sometimes you've got to dive in the deep end of the pool, but. There's all these childhood sports analogies. This is weird.
2: <laughs> the rail was my MO, just so you know. I, I wasn't sure. I did not want to fall down. That was one of the things I didn't, and it was the pain. I don't even know if I thought about the embarrassment at the moment. I did not want to bust my booty and hurt. Like so I had the white knuckle grip on the rails. <laughs> I still remember to this day.
1: Oh yeah. I I I absolutely remember. But but back to your point of the couple skate what are you going what what is the potential if you don't even get out there you sit there on the I mean back in my day they were there were big shag carpet mushrooms that that settle <laughs> on the edge where you put your skates on and whatnot and who knows how skanky and nasty those were because that that's what you should what you should have been afraid of in that in that dark space but <laughs> but, you, but you just sat there or you went over to the the little concession stand and sat in the in the booths over there, and you watched everybody do their thing and you watched the couple skate when i mean that that was a lot of going skating was being able to hold hands with the girl and and go around ten times while they played some horrible eighties ballad, and when the disco ball would come on, and it was awesome um that was always nice, but yeah, if you weren't brave enough to get out there and do it, or you weren't brave enough to risk asking for the couple skate, then you missed out either way you missed out. And so that fear of, of reaching out to someone else to maybe it's not holding hands, rolling while we roller skating or ice skating. It's just reaching out to form a relationship, to form a connection with someone and learning more about them learning from what they learned from their mistakes, what you can share about your life lessons, and you bring people along and and the whole, you know, all ships rise on the tide. It's the whole idea of if we can get together, learn from each other, and be willing to hear successes and then apply those to our failures, then probably we can take the next step and move forward.
2: So let's talk about this a little bit deeper, David, because I think there's a certain judgment that we have to give ourselves permission to lose that judgment, because the judgment is I'm going to judge you if you fall down. I'm going to judge me if I fall down. You're going to judge me if I fall down. Like this whole crazy mix of worrying about something that most of the time it doesn't even happen what we worry about.
1: So we had a situation in our family and we had to decide some pretty big decisions, big question marks that came along with it. I mean, this, this involved the house and question marks around what we needed to do. Do we need to move? Do we need to do something different? I was given the advice that right now you've got to make some decisions because you're up against the facts you're going to receive advice from different people and you should listen to all the advice you should hear the all you let me say that again you should hear all the advice you should listen to some of the advice and you should take the advice that you put together in your head but the whole point is 10 years down the road one of those people who advised you will be able to say and Rightfully, I told you so. What that does not negate is the fact that a decision had to be made. It's not like we mean to do a thing or we don't do a thing. The decision had to be made. And so you get to the other side and somebody's going to say, I told you so, but it doesn't matter. Now, was it the right decision? Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But you still had to make that decision. You had to make the choice. You had to step out. Forward and get past an event, a thing, or whatever it was. So, those are the kind of things that I think we've got to be confident enough in ourselves that we've got to proceed. We there's times when we cannot sit still. There's times when you can't sit on the mushroom and wait for another song to start playing. Well, I'll go out when the next song plays. I'll when they start playing "Living on a Prayer." That's when I'll go out. Okay. <laughs> Just go out now.
2: So you're talking about being forced to make decisions and listening to those around you give advice.
1: Yeah, when life hands you lemonade, you've got mm. to you. What are you going to put in the lemonade? I mean that that kind of a that kind of a thing because you've got to make lemonade. It doesn't matter. That yeah, that is an offshoot of what we're talking about.
2: I just want to make sure I was tracking though because that is that is something that happens all throughout our lives as mm-hmm. we come to lines in the sand basically that we're required to make some decision because there is a deadline somehow involved and i think when we make those mistakes because we're put in that position and some sometimes it's us we have put ourselves in that position but when we regret or fear the next decision based on the last decision, I think that can train wreck us from our confidence. That can keep us from moving forward, always being afraid. Like, And I think that that's one of those moments where you've got to be aware of those decisions are like right or wrong, failure, success, whatever word you want to use, they're done. Now, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And you can stay on the little mushroom on the sideline again because of a decision you made about the house or because of a decision you made, you know ten years ago, or you can decide to get out there and and see if you're better at couple skating now or better at whatever it is
1: mhm well i I'll go I think we've mentioned this in a previous episode, but you know it's it, I go back to this concept that I learned and I cannot remember which of the the great book writers uh, and speakers said this uh please email us at info at your potential no <laughs> <laughs> your permission to win info at your permission to win gosh i'm
2: dot com, dot
1: com. <laughs> why do i do that what do
2: We're going to get you some cards so I can hold them up on this side of the video. It's info at yourpermissiontowin.com.
1: So (laughs) in this episode about failure (laughs) and being laughed at when you fail or laugh, I'm sorry, laughed with, let's go there. I'm
2: laughing with you, David. I promise.
1: (laughs) Okay. Let's coming back to the show but the brilliant statement it's the pain of effort or the pain of regret that pushes us down the path of the mushroom or the effort and so where do you sit or or do you just get out there and go cuz you're going to sit on that mushroom and miss out on the couple skate and you're going to regret it most likely in my case she would have Skated with somebody else, and I wouldn't have got to spend that time.
2: So I look at this as, and this is a cute analogy, by the way. I love this analogy. And I think how many times we've sat out on a skate, whether it was couples or You know, whatever it was,
1: the hokey pokey,
2: the hokey pokey. I was just going to say any of those kind of things that bring up as soon as you say that, David, if you'll watch yourself, you light up because it's funny Mm -hmm. and it was fun and all the things. Did you fall down ever when you were doing it? Because I did. But my memory is of the fun. My memory is not of, oh, my, my life ended at that moment. Because everybody saw me like busted. (laughs) And I think that that's one of the things that if we would pay attention to that, if we had pay attention to all the missteps that we've had and yet still take chances, that's where true success, I feel like comes. It's crossing over that line of your own self, the roadblocks in you Versus the external things. We look at the external things thinking that's the problem when really the fear, the regret, the pain, all those things, they're inside of us. They're actually not even outside of us.
1: A great friend of mine, Eric Green, posted on his socials, and I don't know who he stole it from, but avoiding failure equals avoiding success. I'll say that again avoiding failure equals Avoiding success because if I avoid the failure of going out and tripping and falling and and breaking my coccyx, uh, which is your tailbone, that's the technical name for your tailbone, then I don't know what it's like to couple skate. I don't know what it's like to stand in a circle and do the hokey pokey with everybody. I don't know what it's like to eventually learn to skate backwards, which I never did. But you've got to be able to, you know, that. So I'm avoiding those successes. I'm trying to stay away from those things that bring me happiness and bring me success. So that is a direct correlation. If you're avoiding the failure, you're avoiding the success.
2: I can normally tell if a business owner is going to succeed or fail based on this one thing you're talking about right now. If I recognize they need to be perfect looking and and i'm not even just talking about their hair in place i'm talking about perfect like they don't mess up they don't make mistakes you can usually count them out for being successful and i'm sad to say that but it's something that does happen you can normally you can normally tell if they don't mm-hmm. get over that they won't be successful because some of the most successful people on the planet are the ones that have failed the biggest. Like they've had the ones that nobody would even have dared try. And yet they're trying over and over. There's there's another quote. I hope you know what it is because I don't know who said it. And I probably will misquote it as usual. But it's about a master has tried and failed more times than a beginner's even tried.
1: I have heard that. Kim Kim White said that.
2: Well, Kim White got it from somewhere else, but I can't tell you who or where. I would love to know again. I would love to know that too, if somebody knows who gets the credit for that, because we don't want to take credit from somebody else. But that has impacted my life for probably about 20 years now. The first time I heard someone say that, it was very impactful. It just opened my mind to the fact that trying is the efforting. It's the efforting That gets us the messy, but it gets us the progress. It gets us to that place of being allowed to be messy again, because we have an illusion that we're going to get to this one successful destination. And the truth is we're going to go from messy to messy to messy, (laughs) because if we keep efforting and we keep trying, that's what it really looks like.
1: I'm going to be an apple snob for a minute. (laughs) watching what Steve jobs brought to Apple and the precision that they made their products and the, the tenacity that they created, they didn't, they, they could have stopped at the iPod and made millions and billions, but they wanted to to improve the iPod, which then turned into the iPhone, which then turned into, you know, the, well, the iPad came, I think, but they changed the way the world did communication not business, but communication and interaction and all these things. And that there was a lot of pain. There's rumors of, you know, elevator firings and all this stuff that, that he brought down on, on the company because of his expectation for things to line up and, and feel. And, Cause if you hold an Apple product, it feels different, especially those early iPods. They just, they had a, a refinement to them and I guarantee they failed and failed and failed on that. They brought out products to market that didn't work, but whether you like Apple or you don't like Apple, everybody emulates Apple. But if we don't effort that 10,000th effort at the light bulb, if we don't try to refine a product and make it as emotionally pleasing as it is functional, like Apple did, then we have failed ourselves. If you've stopped trying, somebody else is going to miss out on your success.
2: I agree, David. And, you know, when you think about research and development, you think about business. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's who we are as humans. Mm-hmm. We're in constant research and development. If you want the long list of people I have failed in my lifetime, if you want the long list of things I have not done well, If you want the long list of things that, you know, I I had to bump my head and go a different direction or bump my head and try something different. There's a long list of that. But I feel like that's why I am where I am today, because it would have been so much easier to stop way back when I bumped my head the first time. It wouldn't have been better for me. But I think it would have been easier at the moment to have not continued the effort.
1: So we've opened up our merch store and we're excited for people to to be able to come online and buy things. So what we have available for this episode is you can buy permission to win band-aids, permission to win <laughs> hydrogen peroxide, and permission to win uh, head wound bandages because... We just expect you to go out there and try. We expect us. We're, we're, I'm not going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold us to that. We expect us to go out and try. That's what this podcast is. We're trying. We we may be failing.
2: We are not failing, and we are efforting.
1: We are efforting. <laughs> and so that's what we want. Uh, and you can go to the merch store at itdoesntexist.com. That's where you'll find it.
0: There's probably
2: something out there. Be careful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so just get your band-aids, get your hydrogen peroxide, get ready to go out there and and get the bumps and the scratches and the scrapes as you as you try to do the thing. Hopefully you've got some insurance, depending on what it is that you're doing, <laughs> and it will uh cover when you break a thing. But as Kim's explained at the very beginning. Failing is not trying again. Success is how many times you get knocked down, but get back up.
2: I love that so much. I can't tell you. I don't think failing should be part of our language. I think it truly is permission to bump our heads or permission to be messy or permission to effort on something. We don't know the outcome of.
1: I will make this one quick little story early in in my marriage. We just decided that divorce, which is a level of failure in a relationship. Divorce was not a topic. It didn't just get thrown around. Again, I've said this before on the show. There are reasons that people get divorced and and I get it. But just using that as a, I don't feel like it today. So we'll just pull the, the pin on the nuclear explosion. Being committed to be able to say, This is not at least a topic that we're going to discuss until it's absolutely necessary. So, so to me, that taking that failure language out is what I'm trying to get at here. I'm not trying to judge anybody. I'm just trying to say that's failure language to me.
2: And being someone who's divorced, I will tell you the language was not the issue in my case. It was the actions. It was the efforting. I, you know, I think it's important to say that, though, because there's a lot of people out there who are (laughs) judged for not being divorced. And there's a lot of people who are judged for being divorced. And there's a lot of people who are judged for you can insert anything you want to in that line.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And the truth is, that's what we're here to not do. We're here to to tell you whatever the choices were before today. You have permission to make a new choice now.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: have that permission to get up and go forward in whatever you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We would love to hear if you have something that has stopped you that you're not gonna let stop you anymore. Send us, you know, send us your experience at info. Info at <laughs> your permission to win.com. We are not very practiced at that. Let me just say our efforting needs to up level.
1: <laughs> info at your permission to win.com. Info at your permission to win.com. Info. Okay. I may have it now until the next episode.
2: <laughs> but having people, you know, having people share their experiences and we'll try to share them in some of the podcast. I think that's part of what we set out to do with this. And it was important to us to have that interaction with those listening. And I know we have thousands of listeners, but I also think that that one, if you're the one sitting there listening and it, it you know, you feel like you should share, you're the one we're talking to. So don't hesitate to to email us and let us know. Where you've bumped your head, what kind of band, you know, what, what designs do you have on your (laughs) band-aids?
1: Do you have unicorns or do you have Harry Potter on your band-aids? Yeah. Just let us know. We, we would love to hear your stories because those stories encourage us. If you don't want them shared on the air, just let us know. and And we will not do that. We will enjoy your story with you silently. We're just excited that hopefully this has connected with you, you've recognized what failure sometimes looks like, what failure sometimes keeps you away from, and that you turn your failure into success.
0: Thanks for spending time with David and Kim. Now it's your turn to explore permission in your world. If you have any thoughts, ideas, or questions about the show, please email info at yourpermissiontowin.com And although they don't need permission to produce new episodes, they sure would appreciate it. Your permission, in the form of a five-star rating and review, will help keep the show going. Until next time, here's your permission to win.